If you want to write a book and become a best-selling author, you're in the right place. At Elite Online Publishing, we can help you create, publish, and market your book so that it becomes a number one bestseller. We work with a limited number of authors to ensure that they receive the best possible service. So if you want to learn how to write and publish a book that will empower you to smartly grow your brand, business, and credibility, apply today. We look forward to working with you. Hey everyone, I'm Melanie Johnson. Thanks for joining us today at the Leap Publishing Podcast. Everything you want to know about writing, publishing, marketing your book. My business partner, Jen Foster is here. Hey, Jen. Hey, Melanie. How's it going today? Hope all the listeners out there are having an awesome day. I bet they are. I know we are. And we are going to dive deep into how to get a book, liter how to get a literary agent, I guess is the correct way to say it. We have an expert with us. Just love her. She has such a wealth of experience. She's been doing this for years. She's an author. She's a speaker. And she knows all the ins and outs of getting a literary agent, getting your book published by a traditional publisher. And we're going to talk a little bit about traditional versus self because self-publishing has changed a lot over the years too. So Randy Pizer, thank you so much for coming today to our podcast. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here and to share a wealth of information because I don't expect people to know our industry, the publishing industry. So mm -hmm. as much as we can share, I'm really happy to. Yeah, and it changes all the time. <laughs> yes, it does. Exactly. Tell us, Randy, your background and how you got into publishing and literary agent. I wrote a book called Crappy to Happy. It was my first book. And I was looking for a publisher for the book. I did find a publisher for it. And I became a bestseller for that publisher. And then Julia Roberts holds it up in the movie Eat, Pray, Love. I did not know it was going to be in the movie. I'm just sitting in the movie theater opening night of Eat, Pray, Love. And there's Julia Roberts in a bookstore scene in the first 15 minutes of the movie holding up my crappy to happy book with the pigs on the cover. It gets a big audience laugh. So that was just incredibly exciting. And so after I found the publisher for my own book, and again, this was in the late 90s. I started just helping other people. It was just a very organic process that kept going and going until close to 25 years later. I have so many connections and their first name connections with top agents, top publishers. And I've been helping people to get book deals with both agents and publishers, depending on the project, for all these years now. Wow. And we always say, Things happen to you when you have a book that you would never dream of happening. And look at, you didn't even put any effort towards yes. that. Your book just showed up yes. as a major motion picture. So you probably couldn't have even dreamt that Julia Roberts would be no. holding your book. No. <laughs> I'll just share with you, like, you know, this book, Nice Girls Do Get the Sale by this woman, Eleanor Stutz. So Eleanor was basically unknown. And the next thing the book comes out, it's featured in Time magazine. Do you know what that did for Eleanor's career? Oh my God. The next thing she's flying to Paris for a speaking engagement. She is invited to be on stage with Susie Orman at Moscone Center in downtown San Francisco as part of a major conference as a speaker. Her career absolutely skyrocketed as a result. And I primarily help first-time authors. So for people who have that particular dream, that they really want to be with a, a traditional publisher, I can open doors for people that they just cannot open for themselves. 
What a a dream. I just love that. And you started in the 90s. So publishing has changed so much from them in the 90s and early 2000s. Traditional publishing was the only way to go, the only option for an author. Yes. And it was hard to get in. So now it's changed. Amazon has opened the floodgates and the entry to barriers gotten so much easier. If you want to publish and not get a traditional author, what do you tell someone who comes to you, the differences of the road to go traditional versus self-publishing, being a publishing house like us? I always tell people, I am never attached to which way people want to go. There are different reasons and positives for both. Mm-hmm. And so it really depends on a person's end goals. And generally speaking, what I tell people, if you want to make more money per book, self-publish. If you want total control over every single word, your artwork, just absolutely everything, self-publish. Mm-hmm. If you want to get a book out quickly, self-publish. If you're using your book for a career, oftentimes more media opportunities will open for people through a traditional publisher. For example, my first time authors like Eleanor in Time Magazine or MJ Margraf in having a full page feature in Oprah or my first time authors in like FedEx office stores around the country and airport bookstores, those opportunities typically will open up through going through a traditional publisher. So it really depends on a person's end goals. And of course, Barnes and Noble Distribution, National Distribution is part of that as well. Yeah. So you would say there's definitely positives and negatives, and it really depends on your goal. I love that you start with that because I think a lot of authors, they just have something set in their mind and they're not even thinking about the why or the end goal. They're thinking about just getting the book published. (laughs) Right. Like I'll show you, this book just came out, The Skincare Hoax by Dr. Fane Frey. And this particular book, she's now being seriously considered for her own PBS special. That would not have happened with a self-published book. So opportunities that you can't even imagine can happen through traditional publishers. At least that's what I've seen because it's really my world. Yeah. So how would someone go about getting a book agent? Because you can't just walk into a publisher and say, hey, Harper and Collins, do you, I want you to publish. (laughs) Good luck with that. Good luck. Good luck with that. So all nonfiction, let's just talk about nonfiction, Mm -hmm. nonfiction, all of it requires a book proposal. And a book proposal is not a one page or a two page query letter. A book proposal is about 20 to 30 pages. It's a business plan. We are proving the sale of the book, of your book in within that business plan. And there are many different categories to it. Like I wrote one from scratch that got a $125,000 deal and a bidding war between nine publishers. The book was called Power Your Profits. Cosmo wound up calling it number 17 best nonfiction book of 2020. And Simon and Schuster published it for author Susie Carter. And I wrote that proposal from scratch. I really know where these proposals need to be. And so if somebody's serious about, I really wanted, I think I want a traditional publisher, we've got to go in depth and talk about proposals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And do you have to put a whole marketing part in there? I know a lot of people are saying today, you're not going to get a traditional publishing deal unless you have a marketing plan or you have followers. Do you there, just say, yeah, let me, got yeah, well, I can address that. Program, we're not interested. So there are, I tell people there, there are two considerations that every agent and every publisher immediately, this is what they're looking for. One part is about your content and one part involves numbers and I'm going to, the business side of publishing and I'm going to address both. So in terms of content, what I tell people is you must own a lane. 
So for example, in a book proposal, there's a four page, to begin, there's a four page double spaced overview. What is your book about? Now, if you can say title, your book's title, is the first book to fill in the blank, then you own a lane. That's a very powerful positioning, especially if you own a lane within a conversation, the context of a conversation that's happening, that's of interest to publishers and to readers now. What's trending? Think about what's happening in the news. I, have, I often have agents and publishers contact me when they're looking for something special. The largest publisher in the world reached out to me personally. My, I can you hear the dogs barking in the background? A little bit, yeah. I need to let them out. Okay, we can. Apologies. Pause. Think about topics that are trending. Re recently, I had a publisher reach out to me. The largest publisher in the world, Hachette, and they have a new division that's like kind of holistic, mind, body, spirit, and they're looking for books on advanced parenting. Autism is also very hot. I had an agent who reached out to me recently looking for books related to autism spectrum disorder, and she was also looking for business books. Mm -hmm. I do sell a lot of business books, mind, body, spirit, self-help, personal growth, some memoir, but I would say those are like the top categories, the business, and it's usually, I usually get more than one contract offered on business books, which is really wow. fun. Very cool. I also sell some fiction, but mostly nonfiction. So what would you say if someone said, I have an autistic, an autism book. Yes. I'm a doctor and I'm a specialist in that, but I self-published the book two years ago. Could you I'd say, could you can't help you can't you help can't you and do here are the reasons why. So okay. Differentiated content on the content side is one reason that, you know, one of the ways to open the door to an agent or a publisher. Then the other part has to do is strictly numbers, the business side of publishing, and you uh -huh. must meet certain requirements. So for example, when somebody has self-published a book, publishers ask and agents ask same questions, two questions, when did it come out and how many copies have sold? Yeah. So most people have not met the numbers that publishers are looking for and agents are looking for. And I'll tell you what those numbers are. Yeah. Mid-range publisher wants to see that you, if you self-publish, that you've sold 3,500 to 5,000 books in the first year. Simon & Schuster, Penguin Random House, those that size publisher, they want to see that you've sold 10,000 books in the first year. And who do you have left to sell it to? So a lot of times people will say, I was just doing it as my big business card kind of book. So, or they have any number of reasons or excuses as to why they didn't push that book. They didn't sell the heck out of it. Publishers mm -hmm. don't care what your reason is. Yeah. They will look at the reason is number. they didn't have any marketing plan. <laughs> or no market or whatever. Or yeah. they just, it's just not their forte, whatever. Yeah. So in order to get a publisher, you need strong numbers. If a mid-range publisher wants to sell 3,500 to 5,000 books in the first year, and the larger publishers want to sell 10,000 books, where do your numbers need to be? And minimally, what I've seen, and I'm talking about bare bones minimum, is a person has to have at least 10,000 uh -huh. 10, followers. And they're also tracking engagement. I was sitting with Angelina Jolie's literary agent just before COVID. Mm -hmm. I was pitching him a project we're sitting at a Starbucks table at the Javits Center, downtown New York, and I'm in my fun feeding frenzy of publishing, pitching. And I'm pitching, there's this top level agent, because those are the people I deal with. 
And he pulls out his phone and he starts looking at his phone while I'm pitching him verbally. And in my mind, I'm busy judging him. I'm thinking, God, that's rude. It turned out he was looking at my author on YouTube and he said, oh no, his numbers are too small. Who else you got? And he's not the only one. Acquisitions editors, the same kinds of things. But on the other hand, what I tell people is don't worry if you don't have the numbers because there are people who can build them, who can really help you. You don't have to be the person who does absolutely everything. You just don't. Yeah, and I think that's one thing authors always think they have to do everything themselves when they just need to find the right person who already knows how to do that. Yeah, yeah, I delegate my LinkedIn. I'm working with professionals. Yeah. There are professionals, they're on LinkedIn. If your demographic is on LinkedIn, you're writing a business book, you have to be strong there. Like I had a book recently related to the future of work, which is a big trending topic. And HarperCollins Leadership and McGraw-Hill both came back and said, author's publicity platform's not high enough. He had 7,000 people on LinkedIn. He needed 10,000. I actually did find a publisher for him and an agent, both that were interested in the book, but he still has to bring his numbers up. Yeah. So it's interesting. You have to have an investment in your brand. So either way, it's going to cost money as an investment. Like people say with self-publishing, I have to pay with traditional publishing, I'll get a deal. But if you don't have the media presence or social media, you have to invest in that to grow that um, and show them, Hey, I'm going to promote this book. And this is the investment I'm making to be able to hit that level. Yeah. Yes. Um, And I always help authors leverage the lists of everybody they know. Because we've all gotten those announcements about our dear friend, our best friend has a book coming out. Please buy it on this particular day, that kind of thing. I send all of my people a templated letter to send out to everybody they know so we can leverage other people as well and their lists. I make yeah, it I love that you talk about lists because I think yes. a lot of times people think, oh, I don't have a list or I don't know how to build a list. So even doesn't matter what type of book you're publishing, if you're publishing with traditional or self or hybrid or you need a list, right? Yes. Talk a little bit about how they can build their list. <laughs> how you build a list. You have to be visible. You know, personally, I work with LinkedIn specialists, as I said. Another thing that you can do, you just start from where you start, if you're just going to completely go grassroots and stuff like that. So one of the things that I suggest that people do, I think this is a really cool technique too, and I've never heard other people talk about it, is to do, is to make sure it's polished, but make sure just the first page of your book is just, it's edited, it's really polished, it's strong, and send it out to people, maybe it's a small group, whatever, and ask for feedback. But what you're going to do when you ask for feedback, because people will never tell you the truth because they don't want to hurt your feelings if they know you and if they think a book is weak. So the way you're going to ask for feedback on your first page, you're going to ask such questions as things like, would you read this book based on the first sentence? Would you read this book based on the first paragraph? Would you keep reading based on the first page? But for each one, give them multiple choice responses to choose from. And up front, ask them, give them permission to tell you the truth. You can say, I want to make this the strongest book possible. What do you think of my title? A, it's great. B, keep working on it. C, don't quit your day job. You always want one that's like really funny in there or just, but you're giving people permission to be real. And so based on what did you think of my first first paragraph? This is great. This intrigued me. It sucks. Start over. And you're giving people permission to be real. And now people who will actually send that survey back to you, you're developing your list. 
because these are people who are now invested in helping you and seeing you succeed. So when you follow up with people, you know, let's say you're going to send them a thank you letter, ask them in that letter, would you like to receive an announcement about my book when it comes out? And now you're developing your list. Yeah. That's a pretty awesome technique. Yes, I love this survey op idea and basically how you were saying the four options, right? Instead of just saying, what do you think about this? It's like, no, ask them specific and give them four options. To yeah. Yes, another thing that you can do is ask specifically for strengths and for weaknesses as yeah. separate questions. And for each one, I would also put like just a blank space like other where people can leave a comment in uh -huh. each regard. I like and, that. Yes. And you know, the big I, question we get all the time, Randy, is how do I sell more books? Like even if I, a traditional publisher, it's yes. okay, how do I get more? How do and the other thing is sell more books and get more book reviews. What do you have any tips on either of those? I tell people I have a my lane, the lane I own is to help people get the content. That means we do book coaching, we do, or if somebody's written the book, we do analysis and editing, and we also ghostwrite. Some of the books we've ghostwritten have gotten six-figure deals too. So I tell people my lane is to get the content right and get the book sold to a traditional publisher. That is my lane. So promotions, selling books, not my lane. And it's not what I do. And it's not where I put my energy. Uh -huh. so, makes so I'm really strong in my lane. I do have many referral partners, for example, for bulk sales. If your book would be appropriate for some kind of association, organization, corporations, schools, whatever, bulk sales, I've got those connections. And foreign rights, I have those connections and just all different kinds of audiobooks. There's many different kinds of connections where I can connect people. I do want to share with you something that I have an Oracle deck coming out actually next month. I just realized that May 2023. And it's by two women from an indigenous tribe, the Métis people in Canada that haven't been represented in print, which is really cool. And the author and the artist, uh, they're up in Canada and they did a GoFundMe. And they pre-sold 450 decks. Wow. So doing a GoFundMe, that's a great way to, to build an audience too. And I don't do GoFundMe campaigns. Don't ask me how to do them. It's not my lane. <laughs> <laughs> how long does it usually take from someone comes to you, Randy, here's my manuscript, or I need help with it, working on editing and sure. still creation to getting that book deal? Yeah, so on our end, content, I don't know. We're not super long. Some people will drag a project out for months. No, the analysis might take a week. Mm -hmm. Editing, then it goes back to the author to input changes, then it would come to us for a bit for editing. I don't know, a couple of weeks, sometimes a week. It really depends on what we get, how strong is it, how weak is it. So I always tell people, I will, I will never waste anyone's time or money. I'm not about that at all. I love to pitch books, but the book has to be stellar. I offer an inexpensive way for people to do their book proposals. You know, I see proposal writers charging up to $30,000 to write these proposals. And, wow. you know, what I charge is it's so <laughs> compared it's like this compared to that. I don't, they don't so need to do long, that. I'm, how long does it take for, okay, so I come with you a finished manuscript and yes. you're going to write the proposal and then yes. pitch it. How long is that? Yes. So let's say proposals polished because after the person writes the proposal and I have an inexpensive and easy way for people to write their proposals, even though they are 20 to 30 pages long, but I break it down so well that people can do it that I can come in on the back end in my own genius and spend a day and just polish the whole thing. But so when I pitch agents or publishers, I forward all correspondence. 
So the client is always knows, always sees who's getting that email, any response we're getting, things like that. And so books are going to go through committees. And so usually because I'm so well connected, thank God for that. Usually within the first week, I start hearing responses. Sometimes the same day, sometimes the next day. It's just, it's really amazing. And this wasn't happening 20 years ago, but when I've sold so many books, I have agents who have told me, Randy, I fast fast track every project you send me. Well, why? Because I've sent her six figure deals. (laughs) Another one, another agent says, Randy, I'm getting a thousand submissions a month on email. I'm not even looking at them. When you have something for me, text me first. I love that. Yeah. Tell us how, if you get a book deal, how important is it to know what the contract says? Because I know I've heard some stories about people who have a book deal and they got like $30,000 from a McGraw Hill or something. And then they didn't read the fine print and didn't realize that they only got like 3% of the sales or something. Like oh, tell well, us about what that all, what is sure. And didn't so, get a paperback printed. They wanted a paperback. They're like, no, that's not included in your yeah. deal. Hardback and email. You know, so that's why I have a literary attorney okay. who will review that contract. I tell people I am yeah. not a legal beagle. I am not a literary agent. I, yeah. I call myself a book broker. Some people call me a book shepherd, a book doula, a book midwife. I'm really well connected. I'm a people person. Yeah. Really. So, you know, anything that's a legal beagle kind of thing, I've got a literary attorney who actually wrote the book on copyrights. And she's a top intellectual property attorney as well in this country. And she's superb. I like that because I think a lot of people will be intimidated sometimes. I don't know about the contract, but well, why don't you ask someone who actually knows, which would be a lawyer? <laughs> yeah, yes. So that's what I, because I typically will take fiction to agents and nonfiction directly to publishers, unless I see the potential upfront for a six-figure deal, then I'm going to reach out to the agents to, to initiate that. What's the difference between getting that six figure and not getting that six figure? What's, is there any tipping point? Hey, if you can do this ahead of time, whether it's like you say, grow your list or. Yeah. If you have a hundred thousand people on your list, let's talk. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And so let's just look, for example, my body spirit publisher, the largest one in the world, I'm going to assume is Hay House. And I pitch directly. I sat in their office with their VP publisher in New York and I pitch and I know exactly what they look for. And so I'll tell you what they look for because they told me. So they look for authors who have a mailing list of 100,000 people and they look and they examine the open rate on that email because they said that the only thing that the author can control that's not controlled by an algorithm is their own mailing list. Mm -hmm. And are there exceptions to everything? Yes, of course. However, that is generally what they're looking for. There's another mind, body, spirit publisher, top, another top publisher. And they told me they look for authors who have evergreen titles, meaning the book's going to be as relevant 20 years from now as it is today. Mm-hmm. And they want to sell 15,000 books over a three-year period. So roughly 5,000 books a month. So I have to know, like, where is the author? How are they positioned? So I know exactly where I'm sending it and who's going to be interested in it. Yeah. I like that term evergreen title because yeah. it might come up yeah. with some title that's really oh, yeah. only relevant today, but not like in 10 years. This book, Nice Girls Do Get the Sale, was the first book I sold like back in 2000 or 2001, something like over 20 years ago. And it is so evergreen. It's one of their classics and it's in multiple languages and it's just, it's still going. It's going very strongly. Mm-hmm. In fact, the author, Eleanor Stutz, some years later, I'm just, I'm on her email list and I get an email saying she's just written an ebook called Hired 
I looked at what it was. She's using sales closing techniques to become like the candidate of choice on a job interview. And I looked at it and I called her. I said, Eleanor, I can sell this book. <laughs> and she said, and I said, write me a proposal. She did. And I looked at the proposal and I said, Eleanor, this proposal is not going to sell the book. Will you please allow me to rewrite it? And she said, oh, no, Randy, I know it's a great proposal. I said, please. And because of the track record that I already had established with her, she said, oh, okay. And so I rewrote her proposal. She looked and went, oh, my God. I get it. I pitched it to an agent. He offered her a contract that next day after I pitched it and sold the book in one week. And nice. that book was called Hired. And FedEx office bought 3,000 copies for their store nationally of Hired. I love the bulk sales idea too that you're talking about because I think oh, yeah. a lot of times authors think I'm just yeah. going to publish my book and everyone's going to go buy it. I'm going to get millions of copies. Yes. But they don't take into the factor that you've got to go find the places to actually sell it and get some bulk orders and get all the copies, yes. the connections and have the relationships. That's I, I, I wanna, all about that. I want to show you this one. This one's called Your Story Told. It's I don't know if you're familiar with the Moth Storytelling Hour on NPR, mm -hmm. but this is one of the hosts from the San Francisco Bay Area of the Big Moth Storytelling Hour. And so I sold his book here, Your Story Told. And I just love the inscription. We can't see it, but the inscription that he wrote to me, Randy Pizer, my secret weapon, my spirit animal. Thank you for sharing your gifts Aww. with me and so many. The book is all thanks to you. I am somebody's Aww. spirit animal, folks. That's so cool. How many it. people can claim that? <laughs> I love it. Tell us, Randy, where people can go to find you and sure. hire you to help them with their book. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you. My website is authoronestop.com. The one is spelled out O-N-E, authoronestop.com. And that's just the easiest place to find me. Perfect. Wonderful. I'll put that in the show notes. Great tips. I'm sure you're going to want to listen to this several times if you've listened to this podcast and you're interested in getting a literary agent. Some really great information here. Thanks again, Randy. And if you're looking to write your book, publish your book and market your book, reach out to us at EliteOnlinePublishing.com and hit the author submission button and we'll see if we're a good fit for you. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. If you want to write a book and become a best-selling author, you're in the right place. At Elite Online Publishing, we can help you create, publish, and market your book so that it becomes a number one bestseller. We work with a limited number of authors to ensure that they receive the best possible service. So if you want to learn how to write and publish a book that will empower you to smartly grow your brand, business, and credibility, apply today. We look forward to working with you.